I'm like, if you, if, if you're supposed to lose weight and to feel good, you're just supposed to move more. I'm moving literally as much as I possibly can. I am riding all the time and I'm riding so hard. I'm training all the time. We rode a hundred miles on Saturdays. Like it was nothing. I could do a hundred miles in under five hours. We just rode and rode and worked out and trained and rode and trained and worked out and rode and trained and all the time. And I was getting fatter and sicker. I remember this one specific video that I was taking. I had like a GoPro on my, um, on my bike and I had had it turned around. I was talking to the camera and you could just see how huge my thighs were. My thighs would hit my gut would hit my thighs. Like my gut was hanging out and it would hit my thighs as I was pedaling and my thighs were rubbing together. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying that thighs shouldn't rub together. It's just that I had, I was way too thick. And I just thought, well, I'm just a thick girl. I'm just a thick girl. I'm just a thick girl. Well, I didn't feel good. I didn't have energy. I was heavily addicted to diet Coke. Didn't understand the detriment of that. I didn't understand that I was that mainlining sugar from the Costco M&Ms was a problem because I thought, well, I'm writing all the time. What, what, what difference does it make? At least I'm writing. Like I just didn't even think about food being the problem. And I was taught like many of you were taught that you just need to exercise more. Nobody ever brought up food. I'm Christy Code Red, and you're listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle, where we believe food holds the power to heal or poison, and we believe our society has been misled regarding proper nutrition and weight loss. You're in the right place if you're looking for some straight up truth, because I'm here to shed light on the lies and brainwashing that has taken place over the past five decades. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome back to another episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. I'm your host, Christy Code Red, author, entrepreneur, retired professional boxer. And we are talking about a three-part study, a three-part study, a three-part series called Back to Basics. And this is part three of the three-part series, Back to Basics. I'm excited to do this one because I'm so passionate about it. Why am I passionate? Because this is what Scott Code Red started. This is something I battled with. This is something I misunderstood. This is something that I couldn't wrap my head around. This was something I was taught, just like all of you. And we're talking about exercise. Back to basics, exercise is not a way to address your weight problem. Can't out-train a bad diet. You've heard it before. You can't out-train a bad diet. Abs are made in the kitchen. You can't outrun your fork. I mean, there are a million of these little sayings, these little memes, these little things, but do you really understand? Do you truly, can you truly grasp why exercise is not a way to address your weight problem? You cannot out-exercise the weight that you had, the excess weight that you have on you. Let's talk about why. I will show you proof. I will go through the whole thing. And after this podcast, you will fully understand. And, and you can share this a lot, share this to people who still believe that you just need to eat less and move more. Cause that's what I was taught. And that's what I suffered from that belief that nearly killed me. Let's back up. Um, I spent, you know, almost eight years as a professional boxer fighting at 154 pounds, uh, and, um, I kept, I maintained that weight for, you know, many years during my boxing career, but I got out of boxing and immediately transferred my efforts into elite level cycling. 
cycling, road, road biking, road riding. Um, and I, this is when I was, I met miles and, um, you know, this was 2010. I retired from boxing officially in 2010. I immediately started road riding in 2010, 2011, 2012, um, miles and I got together. So 2010, I start, I start road riding 2011. I start, start road riding. And we're talking about, I we're talking about like my very first bike ride. I did not know was what it was. My first bike ride, miles asked me to go on a bike ride with him. He liked me. He met me in spin class. Uh, I was a spin class instructor, but I never really rode. I never really rode a real bike because when I was growing up, we had horses. We didn't have bicycles. I knew how to ride a bike, but I didn't own one. I haven't ridden one. And so miles asked me to go on a, a, a charity bike ride in the treasure Valley with him. And I said, okay. And I signed up not knowing what I was signing up for. I borrowed a bike for, this is a 1994 bicycle that had gears down by my knees. It did not fit me. It was way too small. So I was hunched over and the seat post was, was trying to make it tall. It was too tall. So it kept falling over. Like it was a mess. And so I showed up to this charity ride with a borrowed bike that didn't fit me, that I didn't know half the gears didn't work. And I didn't know what I was doing. And I rolled up. I said, how far are we going today? And he said, uh, what? And I said, how far are we? He goes, you don't know. And I said, well, no, no, what? He goes, we're doing a century. I said, yeah, I saw the name, but what is a century? He said, a hundred miles. I thought I was going to pass out. I said, what a hundred miles, but I did it. I rode a hundred miles that day as my very first bike ride. And uh, my back was seizing up. I was pulled over to the side of the road. I was crying, but I did it. I made it. I did the whole thing. And that's what started my love for cycling. And Miles and I rode all over the world on our road bikes. We would ride 300 miles a week. We rode through France and Germany and Italy and Switzerland. And we, we rode everywhere. We rode all the way, all through the United States, through Utah, through Colorado. We rode all through uh, in the mountains in LA, all through the, um, all through those big mountains, uh, those big climbs with the Santa Ana, you know, like that, that whole thing. We rode all through there. We rode everywhere. We went to Moab. We went to Bend. We mountain biked everywhere. We rode biked everywhere. And so I trans just, kind of transitioned my efforts to boxing into road riding. And I was, I was excellent on a bike. I could ride with men. I could pull in the front. I wasn't always in the back. I was pull. I took my turn in the, the front. And this is when I started to get fat. I actually started to get fat while I was road riding. And Miles would make like homemade pasta and we would go to Costco. We'd have a big, huge bag of Costco M&Ms, like the five pound bags that Ziploc top. And we just, I just didn't understand. And I didn't know. I mean, I was riding 300 miles a week. It didn't matter how hard I was cycling because I started getting fat and I started getting sick. I look back on old pictures and videos of myself back then. Not only was I much heavier, I think I was pushing, I was about 174. 174 pounds, which is, uh, exactly 20 pounds from where I am right now. Um, and cause my fighting weight was 154. So I was right around 174, uh, five foot seven, way too heavy, way too heavy. Um, maybe five foot seven and a half, maybe closer to five foot eight, but still 174, way too heavy. 
Um, my, my skin was ashy. I had acne. I had flakiness on my scalp. So I had some kind of an eczema on my scalp and in my ears. Um, I had really bad IBS that I had to treat with medication. I felt bad. My skin was tight. I was just, I just felt rotten, but yet I was riding my road bike 300 miles a week. In addition to teaching spin classes and lifting weights. I thought when, if you, if, if you're supposed to lose weight and to feel good, you're just supposed to move more. I'm moving literally as much as I possibly can. I am riding all the time and I'm riding so hard. I'm training all the time. We rode a hundred miles on Saturdays. Like it was nothing. I could do a hundred miles in under five hours. We just rode and rode and worked out and trained and rode and trained and worked out and rode and trained and all the time. And I was getting fatter and sicker. I remember this one specific video that I was taking. I had like a GoPro on my, um, on my bike and I had had it turned around I was talking to the camera and you could just see how huge my thighs were. My thighs would hit, my gut would hit my thighs. Like my gut was hanging out and it would hit my thighs as I was pedaling and my thighs were rubbing together. And there's nothing wrong. I'm not saying that thighs shouldn't rub together. It's just that I had, I was way too thick. And I just thought, well, I'm just a thick girl. I'm just a thick girl. I'm just a thick girl. Well, I didn't feel good. I didn't have energy. I was heavily addicted to diet Coke. Didn't understand the detriment of that. I didn't understand that I was that mainlining sugar from the Costco M&Ms was a problem because I thought, well, I'm writing all the time. What, what, what difference does it make? At least I'm writing. Like I just didn't even think about food being the problem. And I was taught like many of you were taught that you just need to exercise more. Nobody ever brought up food ever. One day I get, uh, I think it was miles. Miles says, you know, I think I had mentioned him that I just wasn't feeling really good. And I was so heavy. And, um, I, I just, I just, in my Facebook memories, I just came across a picture of myself splitting wood. I mean, I was 20 pounds heavier than what I am right now. And I just didn't feel good. I don't mean to just talk about the weight at long. I'm not just talking about the weight. I'm talking about the fact that I really didn't feel good. So, um, miles said, you know, I heard, have you heard of this guy named Mark Hyman, Dr. Hyman? He's a functional medicine doctor. He's an MD. And I, I just was like, oh, you know, like, you know, I, I don't know who he is. And he said, I just read a book of his called eat fat, get thin. And it talks about a high fat diet. And I said, high fat diet. Like, what are you talking about? Cause I was starting to complain about how I felt and I didn't know what to do. Cause I was never taught nutrition. I took a nutrition class in college, uh, but it was never taught you know, it was always taught the food pyramid and it was taught, we were taught low fat, we were taught exercise and we were taught things like that. And I also studied exercise physiology in college. I also studied nursing in college and nutrition was never taught. None of this stuff was ever taught. Exercise physiology is all about exercise and the human body. It really was not about eating for weight loss, eating what you eat to lose weight. And what is the proper human diet all about? So I read Mark Hyman's book and that was life-changing for me. Eat fat, get thin. And it talked about bringing the carbs down and bringing the fat up. I switched to a high fat, low carb diet and I immediately lost weight and felt better. I eliminated sugar from my life and I felt just so much better. But nobody ever told me that exercise was not a way to address my weight problem and my health problem. Nobody ever said that. I was just always taught to move more. Nobody said, you know, if you change your diet, you're still going to be a good, ex you're still going to be a good cyclist, but you're actually going to drop some weight and feel better. Nobody said that. 
I don't understand because nobody really talked about that until I learned it from Mark Hyman. So I immediately started using these ideas on my family members and started kind of testing things out on them. I tried it on my mom. I tried it on my dad. I tried it on a few of my personal training clients. So my personal training clients were coming to me for weight loss. And like me, they all thought that exercise was a way to address their weight problems. So I would train the living crap out of them, just beat them up in the gym. They could barely walk. And I was all proud of myself. Everybody was getting stronger, but ain't nobody losing any weight. They came to me for weight loss and nobody was actually losing weight because I was going about it all wrong. And I didn't know it until I started to figure it out. So that's how the Code Red Lifestyle was born from me being a fat athlete and me not understanding that food was 100% the reason that I was losing weight. It's a hundred percent nutrition. People say, oh, it's 80, 20 It's 80% what you eat, 20% your workout. I disagree with that for the, 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 the niche people that I work with, the menopausal women in their fifties and sixties, it is a hundred percent nutrition. Every single person on the code red lifestyle has lost weight without shakes, pills, diet foods, or exercise. You don't need exercise to lose weight. You don't need exercise to lose fat. You don't exercise is good for a million other reasons. I have been an athlete for 25 years. I've always been an athlete. I was a professional athlete. I was an elite level cyclist. I have mountain biked. I'm hiking. I've hiked rim to rim of the grand Canyon. I've hiked to the top of Mount Whitney, which is incredibly difficult. I've done some pretty amazing, hard things. I am an athlete and I'm standing here and telling you it's done. It doesn't work for what you think it does. It's not a way to address your problem. Exercise is not the answer to your weight problem. Let me give you another example. In May of 2021, I hiked rim to rim of the Grand Canyon. I don't know. I don't remember if it was north, north, north rim to south rim or south rim. To, I don't know. I always get that mixed up. It was one of the rims to the other rim. Um, we started at, I think, 4 a.m. Uh, this was May of 2021. And it took me just right at nine hours to hike one rim to the other rim. We were in a group of people. I was the first one out of the canyon. This was 24 miles and 6,600 feet of climbing. 6,600 feet of climbing. So it's one thing just to walk 24 miles. That ain't no big deal. I mean, it is, but it's not as hard as when you actually have to climb 6,600 feet of climbing. I wore my heart rate monitor, which goes around my chest. And it's calibrated for my age, my height, my weight, all the metrics about me, specifically about me. And during that entire rim to rim hike, I burned 3,500 calories. So if a pound of fat is 3,500 calories, you're telling me that if I've got 40 pounds to lose, I would have to hike rim to rim 40 times? Are you kidding me? I burn roughly. 350 calories for, let's just say 400 calories for easy math, 400 calories during a three, four mile run with, with Hazel. And I do that almost every morning. So you're telling me I need to do what, uh, nine runs in order to burn one pound of fat, you would blow out a knee before you'd make an actual dent in your weight loss. This is one of the reasons why I didn't take the job on The Biggest Loser when I was offered it years ago to be Jillian Michaels' replacement on The Biggest Loser because I don't believe in making morbidly obese people run and jump up on boxes. It's unhealthy when someone's 420 pounds and they're doing a five-mile run every day. That's not 
good for your joints, not good for your knees, your ankles, your back. It's not good for you. Movement is movement. I'm not talking about that. I'm movement is walking, riding a bike, non, non weight bearing activities, swimming, that kind of thing. That not, that's not exercise. That's movement. We call, we call walking movement. So that's fine. If you're morbidly obese and you are able to walk to the mailbox and back, I think that's great. And maybe next time you walk to the stop sign and back, and maybe next time you walk to the end of the street and back, that's fine. If you want to walk and you can do it and it doesn't hurt or make your knees swell up or anything, I say, that's great. But making morbidly obese people exercise five hours a day for the sake of television. I don't agree with that. I never have. And I never will. I have a program that I created called couch to the gym. And it's, it's for people who are starting at zero and it takes them through 12 weeks where they work out with me every day. And it increases the intensity every week for 12 weeks. That's an excellent program because you, you start off in the first week, the workout is six minutes long. Well, it's, it's designed that way with low intensity and gradually increasing to make sure that you're not too sore and that you're not too, you're not injured. And then by the end of the 12 weeks, you'll be, have a good solid foundation to move into a, a, a different uh, area of training, because I believe that's how people should start off. They should start off gradually, very, very, very gentle and move yourself up gently, but nobody ever talks about that. They, you know, the NBC's biggest loser was the top rated show on the planet for like 11 straight years. I mean, people love to watch these people go through this. They suffered. And guess what? By the way, on a side note, every single biggest loser contestant gained all their weight back because when you live on a ranch and you are secluded and you are barricaded and, and, and you have a chef making all your meals and you, you don't have access to everything else. You don't have kids thrown up in the back seat. You don't have a spouse yelling at you. You don't have a boss pissing you off. Then yeah, you can lose weight. You can stick to your little regimen. All you have to do is eat, sleep, and train. You can sleep, to, you can, you can lose a lot of weight doing that, but that's not real life. And these people didn't understand and learn how to live it real life. That's why my maintenance program now the code red maintenance program now teaches you how to live life at maintenance. So I do believe in exercise. I just don't believe in, it's just not, not, a, not a way to address your weight problem. And this is the hardest thing for people to wrap their heads around. They just don't get it. They don't see, but you can see, I mean, if we're doing calories in calories out, I, I, it, that makes sense. If a pound of fat is 3,500 calories in order for me to burn one pound of fat, I would have to hike rim to rim of the grand Canyon. If you're doing it through exercise, it's really, really, really slow and difficult. Now, I know what you're thinking. A lot of you guys who do exercise, you're like, yeah, well, exercise is good. It helps keep the stress away. It helps me deal with, it helps me uh, with my, my mental health. It helps me with getting a break from my kids. It helps that I like to sweat. That's all great. I think that is great. I think you should keep doing it. Do your yoga, do your CrossFit, do that, do all that stuff. But I've been to CrossFit gyms all over this world. And every single CrossFit gym I've ever been is mostly full of fat and obese people, fat athletes, just like me. And they're deadlifting more than me, but they're still asking for the seatbelt extender. Does that make any sense to you? Because there's no way, I don't care how much CrossFit you're doing. There's no way you're going to be able to do enough CrossFit to burn off your excess weight. You've got to get this concept wrapped in your brain. Because a lot of you guys still have a partner, a spouse who still just tell you, well, you just need to hit the gym. You just need to hit the gym. You know, there's so much shame wrapped up in people who don't hit the gym, people who don't go to the gym regularly. 
There's so much shame in a lot of you that you, because you didn't go to the gym this week. You didn't go to the gym yesterday. Oh, I missed class. Oh, I didn't, I didn't go and lift. Oh, geez. I didn't go to body pump. Oh man, I missed my water aerobics. Like there's a lot of you guys that it's not because you missed it because you actually missed it. Like you're like, Oh man, I miss my ladies in there. I miss the way I feel when I, when I swim laps, if that's not the case, you're, you're feeling shame because you're feeling ashamed of yourself. And that is really a difficult thing here, a, a difficult thing to shoulder that you're, that you're taking on. That's unnecessary. Why don't you, and, and this is the thing, this is, this is the thing. It wouldn't be great. It would be great if every single person addressed their weight problem through diet and exercise. But in my 28 years of doing this, people can't, people can't, I'm just going to say that differently, stick with everything. When they're raising three kids, working full-time outside the home, trying to maintain their marriage, walking the dog twice a day, and trying to take care of an elderly parent, it's everything they can do to just keep their head above water. Asking them to go to CrossFit five days a week and weigh and measure their food, they can't do it and they won't do it. What do I think it'd be? Yeah, I wish everybody exercised. Of course I do. It is great for mental stability. It is great for, um, for um, fighting bone density loss. It is great to try to keep your, your muscle uh, on. It is great. That's great. That's great. But it also increases hunger and you're going to eat more. I mean, I can't tell you. Why do we have fat CrossFit athletes? Why do we have fat athletes in general? If, if exercise worked as a way to lose weight, then why are there fat people at the gym? People who are busting their butt, people who are sweating. I mean, they're getting after it. These are not lazy people. They show up regularly and they're doing an overhead snatch and they're deadlifting a 305 and they're like, they're getting after it. They're putting in their time at the gym and they're going regularly and they're not seeing any weight loss. Why is that? Because for the average person, it is not, I, well, I shouldn't say for the average person, but I'm just not a way to address a weight problem. I'm telling you, I'm on a program right now. And, and I was on Chris Gethin's program a couple of years ago too. Anytime I've ever done a diet and exercise program, it doesn't matter how much I exercise. I mean, right there towards the end, when I was working with Chris Gethin one-on-one, -on -one, when I had that photo shoot in my Carol Baskin bikini, you guys remember that? Uh, maybe I'll put the picture of it. I'll put the picture of it right up here so you can see that for those of you watching on YouTube, YouTube, uh, the Karen, the, the, that photo shoot leading up to it for the last three weeks leading up to it. I was doing three hours of training a day, two hours of cardio and one hour of lifting. And I was still eating about 900 calories a day to get as lean as this picture is right here. And does that make a lot of sense to you? Because I, I can tell you that if I messed up just even this much on my diet, they would show up the next day in my body and on the scale. You would think training three hours a day, two hours of cardio on the stair climber, sweating my butt off and, lift and lifting and eating 900 calories that I would have 50 calories extra for that extra scoop of peanut butter. I did not. I've never been on a program before that lets you ignore the diet or even allows to have one mistake. Even right now I'm training for the Arnold classic in 2023, March of 2023. Right now I'm six months out. And even right now, if I make a little mistake on my diet, six months out, six months out, not six weeks out, six months out. 
six months out, I still can't make even little tiny mistake on my diet. It's incredible. Diet is so powerful. I know that, that Eric, my bodybuilding coach said, you know, Christy, the diet is the easy part. You just rinse and repeat. You define the meals that work for you and just repeat them. The training is going to be the hard part. I actually disagree. Uh, the, the, the diet is hard for me because sometimes I don't eat, feel like eating all that food, the protocol that he has me on the frequency, the amount of calories, the amount of carbs, the amount of protein, the amount of fat, all that stuff has to be intricately balanced. And I'm eating at different certain hours of the day. And then I have to prepare my food up ahead for two meals ahead. And then I have to carry my food everywhere. That's fine. That's not even the hard part, but I'm thinking about food all the time with this program. I find that the food is harder than the training personally. It's just a lot of work for the food. But as a code red rebel, isn't it so freeing as a code red rebel, we eat when we're hungry, we stop when we're full. We eat two meals a day spaced five hours apart. Our life does not revolve around food. It's so nice. But I'm telling you right now, you cannot have a tiramisu at Olive Garden Friday night at 7.50 p.m. and then turn around and hit CrossFit the next morning and expect that just to disappear. That's not the way it works. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way for the average person. Now, remember, I'm not metabolically broken. I'm metabolically healthy. Most people, 8 out of 10, almost 9 out of 10 people in this country are overweight, and or obese and metabolically broken. So they really don't need to be focusing on anything else except their food right now. I do want to make sure that I address the elephant in the room, which is, well, maybe not the elephant in the room. I guess it is in my mind. Exercise brings down blood sugar. So if you're type one or type two, I know for me, when I wore a continuous glucose monitor, in my arm that, that continuously tested my glucose. Uh, when I would go for a walk or exercise at all, go for a run after I ate, it brought my blood sugar down 20 points. It was incredible. Still, it's the most powerful. Weight loss is the most powerful if it's done via nutrition. Every single person who's come through the Code Red Lifestyle has lost all their weight without any exercise. Uh, Yvette Hubbard, at 75 years old, lost 75 pounds in a wheelchair. Are you serious? We've had amputees lose weight. We've had old people lose weight in a, using a walker. We've had people lose weight using a cane. Like it doesn't matter what your, your physical ability is. You can lose weight just through nutrition. And it's one of the top three biggest lies in weight loss to try to convince people that you can't. You know, I, I'm all for a gym membership. You know, I'm on my way right now after I record, after I record this, you know, I'm recording this October 1st and I'm on my way to a gym open house. So I love the gym. I believe in the gym and I'm excited to, I love going to the gym, but it's only works if I have my nutrition in line, it's not going to work. The gym just doesn't magically erase all your problems. It doesn't. In maintenance, we do teach you how to use exercise to your advantage, and we go through all of that. I have a whole protocol for maintenance to make sure you can keep your weight off the rest of your life. But if you're in weight loss mode and you're doing CrossFit, you cannot eat more just because you're doing CrossFit or because you're doing Orange Theory or because you're going to body pump class 
or because you're going and lifting weights or because you're swimming laps or because you're ice skating or because you're doing Zumba or because you're doing yoga. And none of that matters. You can't eat more because of that. Well, I earned it. That's not the way this works. Or you would not have a weight problem. And people, they'll DM me on, you know, well, they don't, sometimes they DM me and sometimes they just say it publicly. People are awfully brave behind a phone. They'll try to argue with me about this. And I'm looking at their profile picture. They're fat. Well, I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. I'm an athlete. You're metabolically broken. Your body fat's too high. You're asking for the seatbelt extender. That's not healthy. I don't care how much you deadlift. It's not okay for you to be 60 pounds overweight, 40 pounds overweight. It's not okay. It's not good for your back, your knees, your ankles, not good for your organs. It's not good for your health in general to carry around that much excess body fat. It's not okay. Well, I'm beautiful. No, no, I didn't say anything about being beautiful. Beautiful and fat, those aren't the same thing. That, that's not to say you can be beautiful at any size. That's not, we're not even talking about that. I just asked my cameraman yesterday, we were filming for the, for the documentary. And um, I said, uh, is your, your girlfriend, he's been with the same girl. And I said, is your girlfriend, um, is she, does she have a weight problem? Is she overweight? And he goes, oh, she's pretty. And I go, oh, no, 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 no. That's not what I asked. I said, uh, pretty, like that, that has nothing to do with her size. Is she metabolically healthy? Is she at a healthy weight for her? He said, well, her stomach is flat. Okay. Well, all right. He's not giving me the right. I mean, that is she, this, a lot of people, you know, guys, especially they got to be really guys are super gun shy when it comes to talking about their girlfriends or their wives, you know, bodies. And I get that, but no beautiful and beautiful and thin. We've done other podcasts on that. Is it is beautiful. Can you still be fit and healthy and, or whatever the heck, you know, beauty has nothing to do with your size. Nothing. That's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about just metabolically. Are you healthy? It doesn't matter how much you deadlift. It doesn't matter how fast you swim. It doesn't matter how far you ride. Some of the fattest people I've ever seen are cyclists. Cause I used to be in the cycling community for years, six years. I was in the cycling community and I cycled, like I said, all over this world. I knew, I knew all the cyclists. I knew all the bike shops. I knew all the owners. I knew everybody. And they've got this big old, huge gut hanging down. And it was always funny to me because they were they were spending thousands of dollars to try to take a pound off their bike, make their bike a, bike a little bit, a little bit lighter so that they could go faster when, when they could have spent a thousand bucks at the time and did my one-on-one -on -one nutrition program and lost 10% of their body weight every month. It's ridiculous. Nobody thinks that they can do it. It's not that they don't think it'll work. They don't think it'll work for them, but regardless, you've got to understand that you cannot out exercise your weight problem. You can't do it. It's mathematically, physiologically impossible. You will blow out a knee before you'll make a dent in your weight loss. I had to learn it the hard way. Maybe you're having to learn it the hard way. It doesn't work that way. And the sooner you can realize that, the better. Should you move your body? Yes. Should you swim? Yes. Should you walk your dog? Uh, heck yes. Should you go do water aerobics? Yes. Go do water aerobics for sure. Should you do Zumba? If you love Zumba, go do Zumba. Go, go dance. Go dance. Of course you should. Should you go bowling? That's not exercise, but okay. Yeah, of course go bowling. Should you play pickleball? That's really not exercise, but yes, play pickleball. Move your body. Of course, move your body, but don't think for one second it's going to help you lose weight or it's going to help you make a dent in your weight loss. And don't think for one second that you get to eat more because you earned it. I can promise you didn't burn as much as you think you did. And even if you did, I've burned a thousand calories during an average workout. 
still, I have to have my diet perfect. My diet is perfect. Nothing happens. You've really got to get this concept because it is such a huge lie that we've been fed by the by the gym industry, by the fitness industry, by the diet industry, by in the education, the government, uh, you know, it's just been passed down through generations. You got to eat less and move more. It's, it's, it's calorie balance. It's uh, energy balance. So you're telling me a thousand calories of Twinkies is the same thing as a thousand calories of steak. If I eat the thousand calories of Twinkies and I, I burn it off a thousand calories during a, a, you know, a bike ride. So that's okay. No, you're, you're, you have no usable, usable nutrients in the Twinkies. Your blood sugar is going to spike and probably not come back down for a long time. Uh, you're going to get a stomach ache. It's going to mess up your digestive system. It's, it's awful for you. And then you don't have any protein in that. What the heck? So yeah, I mean, you, calories matter, but you can't burn them off the way you think and make them to where they, that doesn't make a difference in your body. Well, I'm burning off that, that Twinkie. You still did damage to your body. Exercise is not a way to address your weight problem. You've got to get this in your mind. Movement, fine. If you've got a weight problem, it has to be addressed through nutrition. And if you have, if I, if I have written a home study program for you, a customized nutrition program for, for you, and you insist on working out, that is totally fine with me. You will never hear me say, stop working out. You'll never hear me say, don't work out. You'll never hear me say that. But I will say, you cannot change your numbers, the numbers, the, the, the calories, the macros, the fat, protein, carbs, the sugar, the water, you can't change anything just because you went to CrossFit. I don't give a rat's fanny what you did for working out. If it was working, Karen, you wouldn't be here. If it was working, Karen, you wouldn't be fat. So now guess what? Go ahead and do your workout. I don't, I don't care, but do not eat more. Eat exactly the amount that I have told you to eat in your nutrition program. That's just, that's fine. I believe in, I believe in exercise. I, I, like I said, I will never tell you to stop. I'll never tell you to not. I'll just tell you that it has nothing to do with your nutrition program. And man, my least favorite people to work with in code red are athletes, fat athletes, my least favorite people to work with. They come to me and immediately start arguing, immediately start pleading their case of how much they can deadlift and how much they can clean and how much they can overhead press and how fast they can run a mile. I don't care. None of it. It just goes in one ear and out the other. I'm looking at this person saying you're 62 pounds overweight. I don't care how fast you run. You're fat. We got to get that fat off of you. And they, they, they just want to argue. And they're my least favorite. I almost, I almost would rather just give their money back. They're not ready. They think they know. They think they know. They don't know. I used to think the same thing. I get it. And by the way, muscle does not weigh more than fat. Weight is weight is weight is weight is weight. Well, you're talking about a pound of bricks or a pound of feathers. It's still one pound. I've heard personal trainers say this before. And unfortunately, I used to say it many years ago. Muscle does not weigh more than fat. Muscle does not way more than fat. Are you getting this? But muscle is more dense than fat. So for five pounds of muscle and five pounds of fat, you're going to see, and I'll use this graphic right here. You'll see that muscle takes up less room than fat. We're talking about volume, but there's still five pounds. Pound is a pound is a pound is a pound is a pound. That doesn't change. Something can't weigh more than something else. If it's the same weight. If it's five pounds of muscle, five pounds of fat, it don't muscle doesn't weigh more. You just said it was five pounds, five and five, same, same actual weight, 
but you're going to see that it takes up a lot less room in the body than that clumpy old fat. Just in case you were one of those people who thought that it's one of the biggest fallacies. People must always more than fat. No, 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 no. That's not how it works. That's not how it works. Is everybody finally understand that you, why you cannot out exercise a bad diet, two spoonfuls of peanut butter. That's going to put back on whatever I burned during that three mile run with Hazel. It's so easy to eat those calories. It's so easy to eat them back on. And it just takes a couple of spoonfuls, a couple of bites, and you're back to where you started. You've got to address your weight problem through your diet. We can address loose skin. We can address building muscle. We can address fighting bone density loss. We can address depression. We can address all that stuff through exercise later on. But if you actually want to lose weight on the scale, we have got to change your diet and you've got to stick to it hundred percent. There's no adjusting your numbers. You get customized numbers from me, by golly, you better stick exactly to those numbers because you don't got this. I got this. You don't got this. You, if you had it figured out, you wouldn't be fat. You don't have it figured out and you're wrong. So you need to make sure you wake up and smell the coffee here and realize that hundred percent of your weight loss needs to be done through nutrition and not through diet, through exercise. It can't happen that way. It's, it's physically, it's mathematically impossible. I hope you enjoyed part three of this series back to basics, how exercise is not a way to address your weight problem. One of the top three biggest lies in weight loss. I hope this refreshed your memory. I hope this uh, helped to fire you up to realize that stop with the shame that I didn't go to the gym. I feel so shameful. I didn't go to the gym. Stop with that. Okay. There are lots of ways to move your body without having to go to a gym. Some of us love gyms. Some of us don't. We'll talk about that when you're in maintenance, but for right now, we got to get that weight off, which means we got to get your food in order. We got to get your water in order and we've got to get you sleeping. All right. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, everybody. Hey, I'm Christy Code Red, and thank you for listening to Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle. If you want to stay connected to other rebels like you, join us in our private network. Our Code Red app is a one-stop shop, free from ads, algorithms, and censorship, and a place where you can see, listen, and watch everything Code Red. You'll be encouraged, motivated, and fired up to stay on track with your healthy lifestyle. Get recipe ideas, tips, tricks, and help from coaches, mentors, and other rebels. You can also purchase products, programs, and coaching all right there in one place. And if you have any trouble navigating the app, we're right there to help you. Go to coderedlifestyle.com forward slash APP to join for free. And I'll see you on the next episode of Rebel Weight Loss and Lifestyle.